like, oh, it so, feels so nice listening to that. Hi, guys. I mean, I didn't know was here, who was here until now because I've been facing this way. And, uh, well, it's good to see you. Um, bye, guys. You heading out? Oh, yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's unusual when you get up and then a bunch of people leave, but it's fine. I won't take it personal. I'm sure they have something to do. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to be long today. Gosh, I wish I didn't say that. As <laughs> soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, I wish I didn't say that. Uh, because that is my intention. But you know when you say that and then people, you know, expect and then it's long. And, and Anyway, we have baptisms coming up, which I'm super hyped about. So um, we're going we're gonna to share some things from God's word and then we're going to baptize some people. And that's very, very exciting. So I don't know. Um, do you guys read your Bible? You do? Well, that's good. That's good. Um, it's, it's good to read your Bible. I mean, um, and in, if you don't, that's okay. It's okay to tell me that you don't. Or if you're like, well, like I sometimes read my Bible, that's okay too. I appreciate the honesty if, if, if you know, if that's you. There's no point about lying about it anyway, about reading your Bible. That would be just weird. Um, I'm going to read a couple phrases in um, they're not in the Bible, but um, we might wish that they were after I read them. So here, they're going to come up on the screen so you can follow along. First one is, blessed are those who drink coffee, for they will live a caffeinated life. Yeah. Next one. As often as you gather together, do eat ice cream in remembrance of me. I like that one. How about this one? Come follow me, and no one will ever fight in the car on the way to church. I mean, we might wish they're not in there. That's not in the Bible. But it would be cool to start the ice cream one if that one was in there. That would be, and, and the whole car fighting thing. I mean, I don't know if you're there, but that can be rough. Like, how many know that on Sunday mornings, you just, it might be just, just stay away from people for a little bit. Because the attack is real. Um, another thing that's not biblical, and definitely Jesus never said, is you get what you deserve. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. Luke 23. Luke 23 is the recount of Jesus' journey to the cross. And it starts um, with his face-to-face before Pilate, and then it ends with him in the tomb. Jesus didn't get what he deserved. He got it worse to understate. And, and, for, and he for sure did not say, wish, or hope on us what we truly deserve. In fact, the whole point of him doing what he did was so that we wouldn't have to get what we deserve. The problem is Jesus didn't say it, but we do. We say it. We say that. We demand consequences on bad people. <laughs> we, we bust out the principles of sowing and reaping we, we, against our enemies. We make a case for it. They, you know, they deserve this. But Jesus never said, you get what you deserve. We wish it on people we don't like. And in fact, we don't only do that, but we put it on ourselves. How many know we can be really hard on ourselves? really hard on ourselves when we don't see ourselves or we don't uh, see others the way that Jesus sees us. 
we live our lives subject to our own opinions of ourselves. And this can be good if you have a healthy opinion of yourself and a healthy view. But if you don't, it can be detrimental because we can have unrealistic expectations and we can just beat ourselves up when we fail constantly. It's like we eat too much and then we feel guilty. And we feel like our guilt is justified because we should have more self-control. We don't pray enough. So we feel hypocritical, especially seeing as we're on the prayer team. <laughs> we, we don't serve enough. So we feel selfish. Like we're just, we're just not good humans. We just, we're just terrible people. And then there's mom guilt, okay? There's mom guilt. You're tired. You're frustrated again. You yelled a lot today. You know, you were distracted you needed a break. This is especially true for young moms. You needed a break, so you went to the bathroom, but you didn't really need to go. <laughs> and you shut the door, but then the little hand started coming underneath the door. You guys know. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> it's like they don't even notice you until you leave, and then they all come to find you. We work outside of the home. So we aren't with our kids, so we feel bad about that. We don't work, so we're not contributing to the family income. We, we don't do homemade baking with vegetables in our muffins. We only do homemade baking with vegetables in our muffins, but then our kids never get special treats like their friends, so we feel bad about that. We homeschool. Our kids are isolated. We public school. We're, clearly, we don't care about our children. And there's dad guilt. Works too much, not present feels bad about that. Works too little, not enough money, can't take care of my family. I'm impatient because I've dealt with all kinds of things all day. I'm annoyed. You can't stand watching another cartoon on TV. <laughs> You've watched them all 14 million times. Then there's general guilt. Just generally speaking, we all feel that. We don't want to let others down, uh, so we don't want to say no, but then we feel so guilty saying yes to everything all the time because other people in our lives are getting neglected. How about this one? You leave the dog home all day by themselves. Guilt. We feel bad about that. I mean, is it long for them? We, want, we talk about this all the time. Like Peaches, when she's alone, like, does it feel like a long day? I don't know. I hope, oh gosh, if you've never thought about that, now you're going to think about it. Oh no, forget I said that. The closets are full, but yet we want more clothes. We're guilty when we fail because we should be better. We're guilty when we succeed because we bypass someone else. You know, there's all these things and shortcomings that lead us down a path of guilt and thoughts of getting what we deserve. And with actions like I just said, we don't deserve anything good. We haven't earned the good things. I did this to myself. I should feel guilty. I should deserve this. I, don't get, I shouldn't get anything better because I'm not good enough. But Jesus never said, you get what you deserve. Luke 23 is the hours of, of the last hours of Jesus' life. And instead of wearing a golden crown, he wore a crown of thorns. Instead of being surrounded by servants, he was surrounded by thieves. And instead of sitting on a throne, he was hanging on a cross. See, he deserved the best, yet he got the worst. In this cross moment, Jesus literally exchanged the best he deserved for the worst that we did. 
In Luke 23:32, it says two other men, both criminals, were also led out to be with him to be executed. When they came to the place called Skull or Golgotha or Calvary, and, and depends on Latin, Greek, or Hebrew, they crucified him, Jesus there, along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus was tortured. He lost a lot of blood. His body, no doubt, went into a state of shock, and he was stripped naked to hang in shame. He experienced a, a, a state of being deprived of oxygen, which would cause a person to experience like a euphoria, where you would, no doubt, he got dizzy, and then he had lower inhibition before losing complete consciousness. This is what he dealt with. Because of the nature of actually dying on a cross, it was expected that this process could take days. And in fact, to break someone's legs was actually considered an act of mercy. So they would die faster. The people gathered. They mocked him. They cursed at him. They spit at him. I don't know if you've ever been spit on or if you've even seen that, but that is just the most demeaning action. Jesus didn't deserve it, yet he prayed, Father, forgive them. In verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there, it says he hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. He said, don't you fear God? Since you're under the same sentence, we're punished justly. We're getting what our deeds deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. See, a beautiful moment in such a, um, in such a middle of pain. It's hard to understand that, though, because, because we don't quite get that. Because we know that we feel like that criminal did not deserve heaven. Because this is the, the, the life that we live in. Because he lived an evil, reckless life. And he hurt people. And he shouldn't get a pass in the last seconds. Help me finish these common phrases. What goes around comes around. Your past will come back to you make your bed, you gotta. See, if we can be honest with ourselves and we could say that honesty out loud, because <laughs> sometimes we can say it on the inside, but if we would actually admit to it to other people, we, we could admit that sometimes we really do enjoy the satisfaction of people getting what they deserve. Am I right? Justice prevails. Revenge is sweet. A car flies by you on the freeway. Five minutes later, you see them pulled over by the police. You got what you deserve. It was coming. Someone cuts you off. You know, you're in line to get Costco gas. It's like super long. And someone cuts off and gets you know, ahead of you, but then they end up getting held up because there's a slow person in front of them and you actually get done first. You're like, redemption is mine. We like this. But Jesus never said, you get what you deserve. Jesus didn't say to the criminal beside him, I don't know, man. I never really liked you. Just go to hell. You get what you deserve. It's too late. You had all this time to live a good life. You missed your opportunity. Our son Josiah, who's 19 now, 
when he was just a toddler, when, when people would be over visiting at our house, and we'd be like, Josiah, they're leaving. Say thank you. Thanks for coming. See you later. And sometimes he just wouldn't want to say that, you know. And so we started saying this thing to him, like, you're going to miss your opportunity. He was so little, he could barely say the word opportunity. But then they would, inevitably, they would leave, and he would not say thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. And then he'd be like, I missed my opportunity. I mean, literally every time, all day, every day, this happened all the time. I missed my opportunity. Jesus didn't say, you get what you deserve. He didn't say these things to the thief. You see, the thief couldn't do anything at this point to earn heaven. None of us can, but we feel like we can, right? We try to do better. We try to accomplish things. We try to check our lists. But even if he thought he could, he had run out of time. He couldn't come up with a list of good deeds and fulfill them. He couldn't begin a holy, righteous life. He had minutes left on the earth. He was hanging on a cross. He couldn't join a church. He couldn't start a humanitarian effort. He couldn't pray and fast for three days. He couldn't give all his money to the poor. And Jesus responded, I promise you, today you will enter paradise with me. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem just. Where's the consequences? Just like that, he's off the hook. But Jesus never said, you get what you deserve. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, it wasn't so long ago that you emerged in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive. And he did it all on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and he set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in the world and next to the shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift. From start to finish, we don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we did the whole thing. No, we neither make or save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do. See, we become new people. The old way is gone, and a new life emerges in Jesus. Jesus never said you get what you deserve because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want us to get what we deserve. Because we deserve nothing good. We corrupt. We are selfish. We live in a world that celebrates that type of life. We live in a world that says to live for yourself and create the dream life and to embrace things as it comes to you. And it doesn't matter who's in your way. Just push past them to get ahead of them. I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. We, des- we don't deserve it. We deserve nothing. Yet Jesus, who deserved all the good, gave his rights away in order for us to take our nothing and to make us something. He brought us into partnership with him through the cross. 
He provided wholeness in him so we can get all the things, all the life, all the future we weren't owed but is now ours. In Psalms 103, it says, Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. And then it says, he forgives my sin, everyone. It says, he heals my diseases, everyone. He redeems me from hell, saves my life. He crowns me with love. He wraps me in goodness. He renews my youth. All these things that he does for us. He makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. He's sheer mercy and grace all the time. He's not angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold. He doesn't hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't pay back for our wrongs. He is high as the heaven is over the earth. So strong is his love for those who fear him. Come on. He is good. He has separated us from our sins. See, bad people be, become good. And dead people become alive in Jesus. And it's his grace. Because we get what we don't deserve. And we live our lives within walls of daily doses of grace. Let's stand. We need to stay within those walls. Within those daily doses of grace. The minute I step out of those walls... I'm judgmental on myself, and I'm judgmental on others. It's by his grace I am free to accept you as you are and to accept me as I am. Why? Because Jesus I'm going to ask, just as I close, before we step into the next segment with baptism. I'm going to ask if you just close your eyes just for a moment. I just want to have a personal moment with Jesus here for each of us. And, if, and this is the question I have. If you are here today and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you do not live within those walls of grace, you do not know him, but you want to know him, and you hear what I'm saying, that you can have, you can have freedom, and you can, you, you can move on from that old way of life, and you heard the songs that talked about peace, and how his love changes everything in your life, and you're like, I don't actually experience that peace, but I would like to for the first time, or maybe the second time I've walked away from the peace, and I want to re-enter peace and grace today. If that's you and you want to commit to a life to Jesus today, at least take the first step today. I just want you to just raise your hand so that you can acknowledge to me so I can pray for you. If there's anyone here. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you right now for relationship with you. I thank you that we can enter peace and rest in your name, knowing that you are faithful to rush in at that moment and bring us to a place of safety and security in you. 
I pray for all of us in this room right now that maybe are that that daily live with this this I deserve it they deserve it mentality but we want to be free from that so we can see others through your lens and how you did on the cross in between those criminals help us be more like you change me from the inside out in your name we ask and for your glory.